What is what's the carrot in the stick even a metaphor for? When you're on a donkey, you give it a carrot to go forward and you hit it with a stick to go forward. Those are your two tools of motivation. I, I should have yeah. known that you would know that. That's just it's an animal husbandry metaphor okay. that, that we all yeah. continue to enjoy here <laughs> in our post industrial lives. That's all. Journos, a stream of consciousness news podcast with Stephen Jackson and Brandon R. Reynolds. Days, there's days, and then there's days like this. I'll tell you that much. And it's on days like this that I just want to get away. Trademark. Trademark somebody. Do you know who's that trademark is? Yeah, Southwest Airlines. It is. Southwest Airlines. Yeah. yeah I, I have a Southwest Airlines credit card. You're one of those? It's a great feeling. Yeah, and as a Texan, I mean, you're it's Love Airport. I mean, like, Southwest yeah. is Texas is an armadillo. Texan, yeah. <laughs> My dad used to be a baggage handler at Continental in the 60s. Oh, nice. And still has friends who he made then. Like that was, you know, that was like the job for him. It was yeah. just this great time. They were young. They were all in their late teens, early 20s. And they were all boozing and they could fly all over the place. Yeah. And that was fun. And then they would have crazy stories about like that one time that the chimp got loose in the cargo bay and ran around on the tarmac and then wrap it up. And he also told the story of like, you know, they'd be loading a lot of um, duffel bags yeah. from soldiers going to Vietnam and off they'd go. But then they'd also like have coffins coming back. I'm going to tell you what, that story started one way and it ended another. Yeah. <laughs> it started with like, Party time, USA, carefree 60s working for also the most 60s airline. It was that or like TWA or something. But then it just ended with the tragedy and reality of war. Kind of like the Wonder Years. Kind of had a Wonder Years feel. It it it? basically did the same story arc of the Wonder Years. Uh, Today we're talking actually about air travel and airlines and people's behavior on airplanes. So buckle up. Because we are wheels up in three, two, one now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pilot talk. God bless you. The planes are like big metal flowers. Sure. And they're opening up for this, the spring. And wow. there's all this exciting news. Yeah. Life has returned to the airways. So depending on whether or not people uh, packed their prophylactics, there may be some new life being spawned on planes. Oh, Yes. Uh, So New York Times reported recently about a new company called Love Cloud. Uh, It's based in Las Vegas. And for just $995, uh, Love Cloud will uh, take you and a partner up in a private airplane for about 45 minutes. So you can make love or have sex. (laughs) I I always say make love. (laughs) No, yeah, I know. So you can, uh, you can really Mm -hmm. do the nasty. So you don't have to necessarily have sex on the plane. You can, you're not obligated. You're not obligated. That would be a different type of company, but, um, (laughs) you could pay also almost 1200 bucks to get married on board. Um, or you can get a book for a romantic one course meal for just under 1600 bucks. They kind of target couples, but, uh, you can have groups of three or four for just an additional fee of $200 a person. The name of the trip is the mile high club flight. They do stress in the article that the facilities are cleaned after each use. There's a curtain between the pilot 
and the main area. The love cabin? The love cabin. The shaft of the plane? The sh- I guess if we want to <laughs> go down the but, barrel but, of that. Yeah, yes. Uh, not to avoid an opportunity for cheekiness, a pilot and the founder of the love cloud says, uh, you come with a smile on your face and you leave with a bigger smile on your face, said, wait for it, Mr. Johnson. So. That's such a funny phrase. It feels like it's supposed to inverted in some way. You come with a smile on your face and you smile with some cum on your face. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Oh my gosh. Steven, I can't wait for you to tell me all the cool stuff that's in this flight. Yeah, it has all of the romantic qualities of a college dorm room. You'll find a plane decked out with the twin mattress on the floor, several pillows, everything in red satin. Uh, several pillows? Several pillows, my man. More than I could hope for. The the pilot, don't worry, wears noise-canceling headphones. Sounds like the honor system is in play about whether or not those headphones are on and off. Yeah. They make sure to remove the rearview mirror in the flights. Yeah. But yeah. also, it's Vegas. Like, if Come you're on. an operator of a large machine in Vegas, there's at any given time, someone is right behind you having sex. Yes. And no it, matter what. And yeah, as a rule, definitely. Yeah. Cab, limo. Tractor. Rickshaw. Yeah. Coaster. Roller coaster. Screw it. It's all there. Yeah. Yeah. It it feels very, like you said, it feels very Las Vegas. I guess the thing to me that is the most surprising about this is, is, are we to assume that this is just now happening? Because it feels Mm. to me like this has been an item that one could rent for quite some time in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know? Maybe they didn't have the satin pillows. Stephen, can I suggest something to you? Can I posit a theory, not about the existence of the company, but about the timing of the story in the New York Times? I think what we're getting into now is what they call in the newspaper trade, horny time. Uh, It's the weeks leading up to Valentine's. The big Mm V-Day. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I did not think about that. Yeah. So They're starting to de-ice the runway of the stories oh for, dear oh my yeah. gosh yeah that's romantic yeah uh <laughs> and uh yeah that that actually makes sense because uh another airline uh was in the news this week not well i don't i guess i'm also equating i'm like well two airlines love cloud and southwest airlines two of america's biggest carriers Indeed. Uh, this week southwest airlines announced that on february 16th two days after Valentine's Day, uh, Mm -hmm. they will once again resume alcohol sales on their flights. Uh, This is something that they took off the menu in the wake of the pandemic, along with the other major airlines, and they are now just now resuming it. Delta Airlines resumed it first, actually in first class in Delta Comfort Plus. You were allowed to drink again on those planes back in July 2020. And then uh, they were letting the commoners back in coach. They let them start drinking again in April 2021. Uh, That's worth pausing and thinking about, I think, too, right? The whole banning of alcohol on flights was at first a way to keep people's masks on so that flight attendants didn't have to expose themselves. But then once the rabble like rose up and started getting into fights and punching people and screaming and having to be duct taped to seats... Then the flight attendants union said, maybe we should extend this ban on alcohol a little bit longer, right? That happened. So the idea is everybody's sharing the pandemic. Everybody's freaking out about, as a number of stories told us, the shifting mask policies, the fact that we had been shut up for so long and had forgotten how to like fly and do things, and then just sort of pandemic fatigue. 
So, okay, we're all more or less sharing that equally. But Delta's message is, look, we know the high status folks yeah. can handle their booze, you freaks. They need their Shiva's regal, which actually <laughs> isn't right. even, I don't think that's particularly I'm, I'm not sure you can nice booze, that. but no. it just sounds regal. Shivas. For you, a mere, a mere main cabin person, you I'm would a coach. think that's... I'm coach all the way, baby. Yeah. So July 2020, Delta says, booze for the kings and queens. Yeah. It takes until April of 2021 yeah. for the rest of the flight to get it. Yeah. I mean, that is a real commentary on some class issues and some assumptions there. Certainly. That's how you get an uprising on your hands. Yeah. But yeah. then again, Southwest is only just now putting booze back. And I've flown a lot of Southwest. Southwest is freaking rowdy it's always been fun yeah and i always ask because i have in my wallet right now how many a bunch of those yeah a bunch of the free drink tickets (laughs) uh i don't know like six or something really and you carry they're in your wallet currently like you're just ready yeah Yeah. that's not spontaneous currency it feels as valid as you know like the confederate script or something (laughs) like it's it's a currency that's accepted in certain parts of the south and traded and so on um, and I always ask the flight attendant, is it back? Okay. Is the booze back? Yeah. And they, they'll always like put a hand on my shoulder because they're like, not no. for you, jerk. Yeah. Not for you. I was, I was bummed about the booze not being on planes. I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but you know, I love, I love flying. I love everything about it. All the stuff that people feel stressed out about related to flying, I think I like. I love the takeoff. I love the being trapped in this silver box for like five hours because there's nothing else to do. You're captive and you have this little TV. I like to buy those half bottles of wine, right? Sit down, put on the TV, and just freaking just have a time. Yeah. I feel like there's someone who's been on a flight. And they've been being kicked in the back, kicked in the back. And they don't want to say anything. They don't yeah. want to say anything. And then it'll stop. And uh-huh. they say, okay, this six-year-old's mom has finally restrained him. Yeah. And then they turn around and it's you. And it's just me. Because wa- you're just so excited. Yeah. yeah. I'm just me watching like uh, a bar rescue. That's and right. And <laughs> just, just freaking <laughs> loving the experience so much. I yeah. am. I do have the time of my life on airplanes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, good for you, uh, Southwest, for bringing the booze back on. Um you know, the FAA has had to get fairly cheeky about how they were sharing the information about these incidents. Mm-hmm. Kind of to compare to, you know, the CDC or the federal government in general, where they were having to talk about other COVID-related things. I feel like the FAA was having fun with it, and they tweet stuff like, the second rule of Fight Club is, don't get into fights on airplanes. <laughs> that was the kind of stuff. Did they do a tweet like that? They really did. That's yeah, amazing. The FAA also publishes data, and the media dutifully reports on it, including an adorable chart called Unruly Passenger Rate. So the worst it got was somewhere around 13 unruly passenger incidents per 10,000 flights. That was in uh, February of last year, right around when the FAA started actually finding passengers. So 2021, as the media will tell you, was a terrible year Mm. for people behaving badly. There were nearly 6,000 reports last year. Stephen, 4,300 of those were about what? What? Masks. Masks, yeah. No surprise there. We love to read about people behaving badly, and particularly in this way. Yeah. Usually the evolution of the story was somebody was on a flight in which somebody freaked out and tried to open the door or punched a flight attendant, Mm -hmm. had to be taped down, and then somebody films it. They put it on Twitter. So first it appears on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Then it gets picked up by some local news agency. Then it goes everywhere. Hey, here's a video of this freak freaking out. 
And so then that in turn inspires another round of this other type of story, which is the why is this happening story? And that's usually by the kind of health corner of your average news site. So then it usually says the same thing in all of these stories for, you know, the last 15 months or so, uh, which is people don't understand how masks work. Then this thing about people have forgotten how to be on flights Mm. and they cite things like there was an increase in the number of people carrying handguns onto flights as reported by the FAA, which clearly means people just forgot how to be on flights and thought, oh yeah, you can take your guns. Yeah. So what do experts say? Well, you always have to have an expert in the story. So here's one from health.com, which I actually thought was really interesting and also kind of connected to a lot of our other major issues uh, in the United States these days. This is Christina Jeffrey, a clinical supervisor at a mental health practice in New York called Human Told. She says, quote, many of the stories we've heard on this topic of fights and stuff involved people who expressed outrage at what they felt was a direct infringement upon their bodily autonomy by others. Essentially, these people felt threatened And often when people feel a sense of threat, they become aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's a defensive posture that they hope will defend them against the perceived source of the threat. Good for flights, good for protests, good for elections, good for anything going in front of the Supreme Court. Like that feels like they should put that on a pillow and give it to everybody in America right now. Hmm. Interesting. Where do you think that falls on on the spectrum of like bullshit reason to legitimate reason why people are acting poorly on airplanes? I mean, I think that's probably legitimate. I think what you're seeing is what happens when society changes in a massive way. And it comes out in these kind of predictable, but also kind of not ways. Like people are legitimately freaking out on planes, not because of this flight experience, which Mm -hmm. they're familiar with because they've probably been on flights before, but just because of all the stress and pressure and discomfort and bad news that has been fed to them 24 hours a day. And then it blows up. It just erupts on these flights often connected to alcohol yeah and they can't freaking take it now so but then you hear these other crazy arguments by people saying like oh well people are behaving poorly on planes because they like forgot how to act on an airplane or like forgot what flying's about or something and like they're bringing their guns onto planes and it's like dude how long did it take you to forget that you can't bring a gun on the plane like (laughs) like that doesn't seem it seems like like more time has to elapse and more like traumatic brain events need to occur before you like forget that you can't bring a gun on an airplane. Let me propose an alternative theory, which is they know that they can't bring a gun, but they're hoping the TSA will have forgotten. Oh. They'll be like, we don't know how this works. I guess you can bring a gun. So everybody's lost their mind. That goes back to the first theory that you think is sort of probably the most valid, which is, yeah, everybody's kind of lost their mind and you shove everybody into this tubular metal box. The tin can of joy that you love. That's what I'm going to say. You know who's not freaking out on an airplane? Yeah. Yeah. Me. You. Yeah. They have these like rules where it's like, okay, you have to keep your mask on but unless you're eating or drinking and i sat next to a family uh on the way back from hawaii actually with laura like back in september this family literally they found a way around it they ate and drank the whole time for four hours like there was just a mobius strip of snack food (laughs) that was just somehow like circling the family and they just found an angle I feel like that is a definition of the Roman Empire and microcosm. Hmm. You just keep eating and then nothing bad will happen. 
And if there's one thing we know about the Roman Empire is that nothing bad ever happened. Nothing bad ever happened yeah. in the Roman Empire. Okay. That's right. So, so you see the numbers trend down. They're mm-hmm. getting better, getting better, getting better. And now, as of here we are in February of 2022, we're looking at about five incidents per 10,000. So things are certainly improving. Um, people are behaving better. And I think that's why we are being rewarded not only with flights where you can have sex mm-hmm. for $1,000, but also to remind us about how great things are, stories yep. about flights where you can have sex yep. for 1000 bucks. Yep. And sweet, sweet liquor. And sweet, tiny bottles of shivis. Looking at this uh, chart, which we'll obviously link to in the description, it just made me realize something. What's that? If I never see another chart again, hmm. once we're really past this crazy time mm-hmm. i would just want to go like three years with no charts i mean that's an interesting take that i did not see coming so you're telling me of all of the many inconveniences and horrors yeah and travesties of the yeah. pandemic yeah it's charts. the number of charts that bothered you it's just because it's never ending there's a chart for yeah. everything it's you it's know. too much too many charts you know who's behind it i cannot imagine B- big chart Big chart, <laughs> certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where's all this leading? Like, what? What's where are we at now? Like, sure. So we're all flying. We're all going this way and that in the majestic metal birds. Uh, but not everybody at Southwest Airlines thought that uh, resuming alcohol service was a great idea. Namely, the union representing Southwest Airlines flight attendants. Um, so. Quote from Lynn Montgomery of TWU Local 556 says, We have adamantly and unequivocally informed management that resuming sales of alcohol while the mask mandate is in place has the great potential to increase customer noncompliance and misconduct issues. So people are so pissed off at the mask that the final straw in the airplane will be the booze. And then Mm -hmm. everything just goes to shit. That's the fear, I think. Yeah. It's, you know, are we out of this enough that people are not going to freak out? Mm, this I is don't the know. big question. I mean, well, again, on these other flights, things are going, but I feel like Southwest is, that's a real hurly burly flight. So, <laughs> you remember the uh, those fat cats over at Delta? Do I ever. Letting um, the upper crust drink their caviar. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Delta Airlines CEO Ed Bastian, he sent a letter to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland asking the DOJ to create a a no-fly list specifically for jerks. Now, my question is, is that a different list than the one that they've been using for people suspected of terrorism? Or are they all lumped together? If you're an asshole who got in trouble for grabbing a flight attendant by the arm, is it possible that at some point in the near future, somebody will pull a black hood off of your head and you'll find yourself in Gitmo? Mm. Is that where we're going? Are they just merging all the lists? I don't think they're merging the lists. I think that one would have to assume that this is, if they're asking for a new list, the old list wasn't sufficient for these transgressions, right? So, Mm -hmm. and the DOJ seems like they kind of punted it. They had a short response said, the Department of Justice is continuing to prioritize the investigations and prosecutions of those who engage in criminal behavior that threatens the safety of passengers, flight crews, and flight attendants. So, TBD on the jerk no-fly list, and I can guarantee you what's coming down the line. What's that? A chart. Oh, boy. 
You know, one thing to keep in mind, and I hate to be the guy who defends, again, the people who behave so poorly, but everybody's got their reasons. Yeah. But it is worth noting what the founder of the Arab American Civil Rights League, a fellow by the name of Nabi Ayad, said about these no-fly lists. Because he is an attorney. He's handled a bunch of cases of people who were, he says, unfairly placed on no-fly lists for suspicion of terrorism. He said, quote, this list has a far-reaching effect on this individual, their livelihood, business, and family. And, and I think this is really interesting, that list would be of interest to so many different entities, insurance companies, service providers, employers, government, and foreign governments. Mm. So even if you're an asshole, yeah. maybe we should think about the lists that we're putting you on. Yeah, that's going to follow you around. And you do have a point. Um, like, I, I wonder if the severity of the jerk no-fly list, you know, matches the severity of the terrorism no-fly list. Maybe they should just be forced to collate charts oh, for months and okay. months on No end. more charts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I think we're staring in the face of such an obvious solution to all of this, don't you? I guess I thought I was. Okay. But now, with that twinkle in your eye, I'm not so sure. Yeah. So, you got... Unruly passengers mm-hmm. needing something to do. Maybe they need some love. Oh, no. Okay. You got this company coming out of Las Vegas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. making a very safe, non judgmental place to once again make love in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe all these major airlines need to rethink some of the decor in mm-hmm. the main cabin. Great. You know, I think you see where I'm going with this. Unfortunately, I do. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying that they should let the people just have sex on the airplanes. Speaking of the fall of Rome, there yeah. you go. Uh-huh. All right, Stephen, we'll see you on the next flight to the land of knowledge. Huzzah. Chernos is produced by Heather Eagle Ears Wilson. 